0: Father in heaven, thank you again for life and health this morning, another beautiful day. Thank you, that, as the song said, that um, we are only given a certain number of days. Help us to not only number those days, but to value them as a gift from you. Bless Mel, as he speaks this morning, and what he has to share. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. greetings in Jesus name and welcome to each one this morning so good to be here so uh, good to be alive a beautiful sunny sunny morning thank you for your prayers this morning's service and certainly can say I've been blessed this weekend just a bit of thanks to the school children I got these neat little notes of appreciation for our my service to the church thank you for that uh means a lot to me. Thank you for that. Also, one little quick note about yesterday's seminar. I was again, also blessed being there. <coughs> and as, as we were discussing these various topics, <coughs> Men of the Word was the theme or the title. And there was a lot said about um, sharing the word, um, preparing to share, and that type of thing. I couldn't help but Remember the gold mine tour that I took some years ago, and I shared this with the men yesterday. But we had uh, the good fortune of having a former miner give us this tour. This guy was now in his early 70s, and he went to explain and demonstrate a lot of the equipment that they used to use. And they have all kinds of drills and jackhammers and so forth that they drill into these rock walls. We had. We went down this elevator, like 700 feet down below ground. There's all these tunnels through the earth, and um, he would explain to us how this whatever machine, jackhammer, drill, whatever they used, and then they would blast it, and then this big pile of rocks comes falling right out into the walkway. Then they just take a shovel and shovel it onto a little cart, and it goes off and gets processed. And this looks like nothing more than a pile of rocks, which is what it was. And I wish I'd remember the ratio of ounces of gold per ton it was pitifully small I forget I wish I'd remember maybe an ounce per ton or something like that and that's what they did and as I reflected on uh, yesterday's topic and the work that goes into preparing for uh, you know sharing the word whatever that might be uh, I had to think of probably the most valuable tool that this miner used was a shovel just a shovel Regular old little square flat bottom shovel. They would shovel it from the little walkway into the cart and then it would get wheeled off to be processed somehow. And uh, it reminded me a little bit of, of um, I couldn't help but think of that illustration yesterday as, as these various men were sharing on their topics. And so, again, I was blessed by being there. Thank you to uh, you, have, you men who have shared your topic. God bless you for that. So here we are this morning, this morning's message, totally different subject, and for some reason I couldn't tie them together. My title this morning is Behold, I Come Quickly, taken from a verse in Revelation 22, verse 12, and I'd like to look this morning about a little bit as it relates to that. More, uh, some aspects of the second coming of our Lord. Turn with me for a text of Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is is, uh, an interesting chapter, the next couple of chapters, in fact, where we have uh, Jesus being in a long discussion with his disciples about the second coming. And... uh, the, the The emphasis, the theme that seems to come through her is the suddenness and unexpectedness of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know he started with foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem as they were marveling at these magnificent buildings that were the temple buildings up before them. But uh, let's let's read the text here and then we'll get into a little bit more of that. Matthew 24 I'm going to start in verse 36. I know I'm breaking kind of into the middle of this chapter. But let's start reading in uh, Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were... Before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch. Therefore, for ye you know not the hour, not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. <coughs> Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and eat and drink with the drunken, The Lord of the Servants shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and point him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (coughs) And as I said, I didn't read the beginning of the chapter, but I just briefly mentioned the setting here. The disciples were marveling at these magnificent buildings of the temple, and if you want to get a good picture of that, go back into Solomon's writing and read that, or wherever it is about the, the building of the temple, and there was, they were, there was some, they were massive structures, uh, I, I can't imagine anything that would parallel them in our day, I'm talking about gold-clad siding and so forth, that type of thing, uh, they were very, they were truly magnificent, and as they were sitting there in the Mount of Olives, the disciples ask Jesus in in, in verse three, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Still a question that kind of comes up even today yet. How will this happen and when? And you know, they were thinking this would happen soon, soon. They had good reason to believe that because Jesus had displayed supernatural powers many times And had done many miracles right before their eyes. They had witnessed almost three years of that. Jesus had also proclaimed himself to be God. And um, so um, he he had taught them these three years about the kingdom of heaven. We just talked about that briefly in our class. The two kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of the world. Two distinct kingdoms very different, and at odds with each other in every way. You know, to the, to the disciples, this looked to them like the fulfillment of an Old Testament, all these Old Testament prophets. Here it was. They had read through all these prophets and known about them. It looked like things were lining up just perfectly. Here we go. And uh, they kind of expected Jesus to announce his coming kingdom, and here he was, ready to usher it in. <coughs> As we know, that didn't happen. As I said, their question had two parts. When will it happen and what will be the sign? Jesus answered the what part of the question in verses 29 and 30. Uh, And when they shall see him in heaven. I'm just going to briefly read those couple of verses. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall be sun darkened. And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the Son of Man in heaven. And that's the sign that he he gave them. But then the question, when? When? You know, he gives some specifics about the what, but the when is unknown. (coughs) There will be some signs that point to a general time frame, but he mentions quite a few times the day, nor the hour is not known by anyone but God. He mentioned that multiple times in, in this chapter, verse 42, 44, 50, and then into the next chapter, 25, 13. He mentions it four times in these couple of in this discussion here. And the emphasis of the message of today is just to be ready at all times. And there's there's a he gives a good illustration here. I want to look at these verses here, Matthew 24, starting in verse 36. Uh, Jesus is now the the again, the emphasis is on being ready. Verse 36: But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. The 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 thought that I see there is to be alert. Be alert as in the days of Noah. What was going on in the days of Noah? I thought it's interesting that Jesus brought that out. Let's turn to that. We're going to get a bit of a, just a glimpse as to what was going on in the days of Noah. Genesis chapter 6. And this is God, this is a chapter where God is directing Noah to build the ark and he gives him a blueprint and some specifics and sizes and so forth to me it looks kind of vague for such a massive structure but somehow Noah was able to do it Um, but just a bit of a a glimpse into their their culture, their world Uh, Genesis 6 reading in verse 5 and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in all the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. (coughs) The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. And there's a couple of other verses that tell us about that verse 12 talks about the corruption that was on the earth they had a very worldly mindset I guess we could do. we talked about that this morning the kingdom of the two kingdoms the kingdom of the world obviously has a worldly mindset and we won't go into that definition but that's the scene in their day that's what's happening in Noah's day it says It'll be the same way in, as days leading up to the coming of the Son of Man. Now, think about that. And I didn't, I'm not going to take time to get to, to read those verses, but um, here was Noah building this three-story structure, three stories, at over 100,000 square feet, roughly hundred four 50, four fifty feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall. That's a huge structure. Plus, it took him 120 years. We can't relate to that today, even though there's buildings that size in our area. Those of you contractors are doing agriculture buildings build pre-stalled barns and that type of thing that size all the time, it might take you, I don't know, what's it take, a month maybe? (laughs) I'm not sure, but 120 years to build this structure. And uh, this 100,000 square foot floor space, massive for their day. I can't imagine that this was easy to hide from the community, from his neighbors. Everyone certainly in that area would have seen it or heard about it. I hope he had a good relationship with the building inspector because that would certainly violate some codes too, I'm sure. But here we have Noah building this thing for 120 years, three stories high, this huge structure and yet the people in the day didn't get it didn't understand Peter also tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness so I got to believe that that uh, he preached while he was building you know how can a person build for 120 years listen to those warnings and not see what's going on and um, That's how it will be in the days leading up to the second coming. He says, life for them went on as always. They were just doing what they always did. They were marrying and giving in marriage. Their day-to-day activities were just going the same old, same old, with no thought of beyond that. We see that in verse 38. And knew not until the flood came. Can you imagine? They were... Obviously, so out of touch, they didn't even know what's going on until the floodwaters swept them away. This is how it will be as in the days that lead up to the second coming. I just can't quite, uh, I can't quite imagine being that badly out of touch. But obviously, that's what happened, and that will happen. And behold, I come quickly. Now, I know we talked about these 120 years that it took Noah to build that ark, but when it came, I'm sure it did come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Be alert. The next one we see in the next couple of verses, verse 42, is to watch. Watch. Now, that's an interesting, that word has an interesting meaning. It doesn't just mean to watch. Watch out the window to see what's going on. It means to give strict attention to, be cautious, be active, be awake and vigilant. How are you active when you watch? I, I was especially uh, drawn to that part of the definition, be active. Be constantly alert. It reminds me of our school children. At that one point, there was five of us, five children, and uh, getting ready for school every morning. Some of you families come and probably relate to that. And my children had a system where they posted someone at the door with the window to watch when the van would come. And we had this school van, as those of you who remember, jointly owned by several families. We took co- t- turns carpooling. And apparently they had a turns. They took turns and they stood by the door and watched. And as soon as they'd see this brown van come up, there they come. And there's a one last minute dash and scramble to get your coat and get your lunch and get your books and whatever else. And uh, that was, I can imagine just like, ah, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to, I often think of that, that picture when I think of, of this, of being watchful and, and paying attention. And they were and you didn't dare be late. You had the wrath of your siblings if you didn't get your, couldn't find your stuff or you couldn't get it together. So there was some very real peer pressure there that, that worked. But a good picture of, of us watching. Um, yeah, they were not really active at the time, but they had one thing, and that was to watch and announce to the rest when that van showed up. <clears throat> It says here that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Now, not focusing on the thief, Jesus being like a criminal or a thief, but unexpected and sudden. And he mentions here if the owner of the house would have knew the thief, knew the thief is coming, he would have stayed awake and not allowed his house to be broke into and experienced this loss. And then you see in verse forty three, I see the implication there that. Only a fool would know and not be ready or not get ready. Only a fool would know that a thief is coming and not take measures to prevent him from being broken into. Only a fool would know that Jesus is coming and not be ready. Now we also have a couple of verses in 1 Thessalonians, and I want to read those too. I know we had as a men's class discusses Sunday school not too long ago but I want to read a couple of verses here in First Thessalonians chapter 5 apparently these people had a bit of the same thinking that the disciples did this is going to happen anytime I'm just going to kind of sit back and wait till it happens that's not what Jesus had in mind notice here First, Thessalonians only five verse two. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. I'll travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, know not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. let us watch and be sober I want you to notice quite a few uh, contrasts here opposites if you will he mentions verse 3 they and then verse 4 ye, two different groups of people they meaning those who are not ready and ye or we as those who are he talks about light and darkness day and night sober and drunkenness Again, representing the two kingdoms at odds with each other in most every way and we see the contrast right here. The context being watch, the the theme being to watch and be awake, to be sober and be in the light and not the darkness. Again, supporting Jesus' teaching here as well. Very, very much so. The um, just watch. Watch like the school children did for the school bus. Third point, to be ready and to be ready at all times. That's my emphasis emphasis of course because we don't know when. Now why would God withhold the day or the hour of his return from us? Why would he not Give us a bit of a clue. Aren't we as humans all quite typical in that we just put things off as long as we can? You know, if I don't have a deadline, things just don't seem to get done. Why would I file my income tax early? How many of you get your car inspected a month or two ahead of time? Hmm? Just to make sure. No, we shouldn't have to wait a month if we can get by with it. You know, do you fill your car up with gas when it's still got shows half full? You know, we don't really live like that. We like, we don't like it. We need deadlines. There you go. Seems we need deadlines. But the emphasis here is to be ready at all times. Be ready at all times. I'm sure God, of course, God in his wisdom knows us. He knows humans chose not to reveal that specific time because if man would know, there would likely be a godless living until just short of that time. It would be somewhat hopeless. There would be no planning for the future. Relationships would deteriorate. But I'm sure God in his wisdom chose not to give us that knowledge for our benefit and for our good. And we also see that here again. He will come when man is not expecting it. Just like the days of Noah. In spite of the signs that they had, 120 years, this massive structure that you couldn't overlook, and Noah, preaching righteousness, failed to see it or accept it or prepare for it. Be ready at all times. The next one, verse 45, be faithful. Turning back to Matthew 24. Be faithful. A faithful and wise person will be a good steward of the Lord. You know, we have all been given a stewardship. A privilege or an opportunity, I might call it. We have life and breath. We have the brotherhood. We have the Holy Spirit living within us, directing our lives, teaching us. This stewardship is to be nurtured and exercised until He returns for us or causes us to be home with Him. Be faithful with the steward. And the next chapter, I'm not going to go into that. We have that brought out in verse 14 the, the parable of the talents. Again, Jesus used a parable to illustrate his point where they were, the assets were divided up to a couple different servants and they were to utilize them. Be a good steward, multiply them, increase them, make them grow. The same thought is here too. You know, the reward for um, an obedient and faithful servant is the capacity for greater service and that's what That's what we see in the talents. Jesus increased their reward and their responsibilities as they were faithful with what they were given. Be faithful. We have certainly been given a wonderful stewardship, a wonderful privilege, opportunities, and so forth. And then we have, move on into verse 48, we have a word but, B-U-T, but... And if that evil servant shall say in his heart. Now we have a bit of a different thought here. My Lord delayeth his coming. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken and on and on and on. He lost his focus. Something went wrong in his heart, in his loyalty, in his devotion to his master. Something went wrong internally. Somehow, this return of his master wasn't important anymore. Didn't seem to bother him. He was just blocking it out. He had no way of knowing that he would delay. He was just wishing and hoping he would. Something went wrong. He no longer lives with the expectation of his his master's soon return, and he begins serving himself. Living selfishly for himself at the expense of others, abusing others, abusing those who were under him, who he was responsible to. And Jesus goes on to give the judgment, a very severe judgment that awaits him. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is always associated with judgment and eternal punishment of hell. That's typically what Jesus uses in his parables. That's what what we see that awaited this evil servant who had lost his focus, he had lost his desire to serve the master and began serving himself and abusing and taking advantage of those around him. The evil servants. Now the question, how can I prepare myself (coughs) for this, <coughs> turn with me to Acts chapter sixteen. You'll recognize this as the account when Paul and Silas were in prison, and they were, yeah, in an unfortunate situation, not at all a fair trial, if there was a trial. Uh, just very quickly got thrown into a Philippian jail and um, they somehow made the best of it. During this awkward painful time of being in stocks they started singing and singing praises to the Lord and things started happening uh, to where the, the the point where the jailer come running out to them and serves. he said verse Acts 16.30 Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Interesting, the jailer would call his prisoner sir. thought that was interesting. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer that they gave him still holds true today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And that's what happened that night. The jailer and his household were Saved and brought into the kingdom of God right then and there. And then, continuing from there, I like the words of Jesus in in John 14. And this is again a, uh, I think I said that wrong. John wrote a wrong reference down. If you love me, keep my commandments. Where's that reference, John? John 14, Okay, that's it. John fourteen twenty three. 23. Um, I had somehow written down the wrong... That's not quite... Yeah, that's it. Keep my words. Okay, close enough, John. If you love me, keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Thank you, John. Yep. Yeah, beyond beyond your initial acceptance and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, if He love me, keep my commandments. And I know that's a kind of a, a, a really a, a nutshell type instructions because the, the uh, Jesus teachings are quite extensive and that's what reading of the word will do for you. It will reveal his commandments to you as you desire to follow him. But then I also had to think of that verse in, in the Hebrews Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time unto sin, the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus came the first time as a as a as a baby, as an infant, to give his life for sin. The second time he will not come for sin, but unto salvation. I like that. And I guess the question I want to leave with you today, do you love his appearing or do you fear his coming? You know, now is the time to make preparations for his soon and his imminent return. I guess I can, I can uh, say that with confidence. His soon and imminent return. Behold, I come quickly. Thank you for your attention and your your uh, prayers on my behalf. Let's stand for a dismissal prayer, a closing prayer. And then I'll ask, can you have a closing song after the prayer? Let's pray. Thank you, dear God, for your word that is before us. Thank you, Lord, that you have <clears throat> given us these promises, the promise of your soon return. Even though we know not when, we thank you that you have given us your spirit to direct us, to teach us, to guide us. Meanwhile, <coughs> Father, help us to be to be alert, to be ready at all times. Help us, Father, to also be faithful meanwhile. Thank you for this, this wonderful stewardship that you have entrusted into our care. You have given us each other you have given us life and breath and health you have blessed us again with your spirit that dwells within us we pray lord that you would help us during these times to remain faithful to you father that we would remain uh conscious of this and thank you again for your blessings on us in this way we we truly believe that you will come quickly and so we pray your blessing now as we As we dismiss, as we part from here, may you give us grace and strength and courage to remain faithful and to be able to, like Noah, be able to live and preach your word, your gospel to those we meet. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ken?